Who has been reading their Bible plan? Wow, solid. What's happening in the back? I want to see some hands in the back. Bible plan, yeah. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Good job. Uh, we've been reading a lot about sacrifice. Man, over and over and over. It's like, how many different sacrifices are there? Why is God talking so much about sacrifice? And why is He going to be talking about sacrifice at youth today? <laughs> well, the more God repeats Himself, the more powerful it becomes a revelation to us, the more we clearly get to see it. So when the Bible repeats itself again and again and again, it's because it's important that we understand what it's talking about. And uh, today we're going to talk about uh, sacrifices, offerings, and our position before God. Um, this is NIV, and uh, actually we're supposed to shoot up the verses, but sure, if you can keep up, I'll try, to, I'll try to keep you in mind so that you'll have enough time to put them up there. Uh, Leviticus uh, 7.29. We'll be in Leviticus for a couple of verses here. 7.29 says this, Say to the Israelites, anyone who brings a, a fellowship offering to the Lord to bring part of it as their sacrifice to the Lord. And I, uh, Leviticus 7.29. And I just wanted this verse in there to clarify something. Offering and sacrifice are pretty close. They're, in this, in this uh, verse and in many other verses, it talks about offering and sacrifice, offering and sacrifice. If it's an offering, it's a sacrifice. Why? Because you actually had to bring something and leave it on the altar and walk away. And it wasn't yours anymore. That's a sacrifice, right? And at the same time, that's an offering. You're giving it from, from your heart willfully. You're making that decision. So clarify it, okay? So we're going to read scriptures here. Now we're going to jump into uh, 737 and 38. And we're going to go into all these different types of offerings slash sacrifices. These then are the regulations for the burnt offering, the grain offering, the sin offering, the guilt offering, the ordination offering, and the fellowship offering, which the Lord gave Moses on Mount Sinai in the desert of Sinai. On the day he commanded the Israelites to bring their offerings to the Lord. He commanded them to bring the offerings to the Lord. So, remember, Moses receives from God and he transfers it to the people, right? Because the people are afraid of God and they're like, ah, if we get around his holiness, we have a hard time understanding God's holiness. He delivered us. He led us out of, the, you know, uh, of our destruction. But we still don't know what holiness is and we're afraid because every time we get a glimpse of it, it it's really scares us. We're going to die. So Moses, you do all the hard work and, uh, and then uh, tell us what to do and we're going to do it. So Moses starts to spend time with God. He starts getting the Ten Commandments. He starts getting the purification process. And now he's getting how to set up a temple and how to bring in offerings, bring in sacrifice. How, how, this, how does God want it done? And he explains to them. And that's what we've been reading about, right? <laughs> okay, good. I'm, I'm, I'm on the right Bible plan. <laughs> So, we got the burnt offering, the grain offering, the sin offering, the guilt offering, the ordination offering, and the fellowship offering. Now, later in the Bible, something happens and we stop bringing offerings, right? Something happens. God, God realizes that at a, certain, at a certain point, God says, your offerings are not pleasing to me. The smell of burnt animals does not make me happy. <laughs> what, I'm, what I'm interested in is you, people. Is your heart and where it lies with me. <laughs> and, and so he goes, 
I had enough offerings. I had enough sacrifices. And, and people got pretty to the point where it's like, huh, if I commit the sin, I have to give up a goat. Uh, let's do the sin, right? <laughs> Tolik always says when he was a kid that he always contemplated, is it worth the spankings <laughs> in my life? Is it worth it? Yeah, it's worth it. I'm going to go do it, right? <laughs> Not... The <laughs> <laughs> kind of like with the Israelites. And so it moved away from their heart changing to them just paying, paying the price and like, oh, man, I'm a pretty bad guy, so I get to give up 12 goats, six chickens, and, and three turtle doves. I'm fine. <laughs> Not that they didn't give chickens. But, <laughs> but the idea of sacrifice was they have to touch the head of the animal and even like uh, in, uh, in, one, uh, in uh, Passover, they had to have the animal next to you for many, many days. So it became like your pet. And then you put your hand on the animal because you had, came to a realization that this animal is paying a price. It's shedding its blood on your behalf. And that was the, the revelation that they started getting. Was, and so some of them throughout the Bible, they, they, they approached it with fear and trembling and respect to God's. And some of them approached it to, eh, just give up a cow and move forward in life. And, uh, oops. And so I want to talk about if some of these things were applied today, what do you think they would be? Like the burnt offering. If God said, bring me a burnt offering, what would you bring him? Anybody have any crazy ideas? Because I have a lot of crazy ideas. I, you, Dennis would bring a chicken. He'd say, this is my burnt offering, Jesus. <laughs> I love chickens, but this one, I'm going to give up. <laughs> what would it change in your heart if you gave up a chicken? Five dollars. Is that a, on, on like a grandiose scale, do you think that's a huge sacrifice? No, it's, it's, it's like a burnt, you know, like you throw incense, right? It's not a big big deal. It's just, it's maybe, I'm just thankful. I'm thankful I'm part of youth. Here's 10 bucks. I'm glad I go to youth. This is what I, this is what all my heart, this is what God gave me, or 20 bucks, whatever, whatever God put on your heart. Grain offering. Remember, there's uh, different seasons too. There's so many different things, but, but, but he, God put it in the word to define all these different offerings, and why were they different from other offerings, and, and different things. And so, I don't know the meaning of these offerings. I, don't, I, I, I didn't get the revelation of what these offerings meant, but I realized that God demanded offerings. He, he required offerings. He required uh, sacrifice to ha- keep a relationship going with them. There's a sin offering. Sin offering is pretty down to the core. You failed. Uh, you went after your flesh. You decided to, 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 to do something that, that, uh, that did not... Uh, 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 go with God's plan in your life and, and you miss the mark, sin offering, right? You come to restore your relationship with God, you bring a sin offering. Say, God, I know I messed up, here's my heart again, right? Today we do that at an altar call. When, we, when, when, a, when, a, when a, a word is, is, is laid out there for you guys and it says, hey, those of you accept the word in your life, step across this line and let God, let God anchor it into your life. And you do and something starts to change in you. Guilt offering. It's kind of like the sin offering. It's, a, it's a, you know, a, but I think different. I think we're moving up as the offerings go in order. I, I'm just starting to realize this now, but, but the guilt offering is different. It's maybe 
you're a Christian and you uh, are pretty good, but yet you're missing God's will. Like that video. Remember that video we watched? All, you know, different personalities of Christian. The, the, the video that we had at Youth United. All the different personalities of uh, Christians and stuff, but, but yet not in God's will. And so you have this, this gnawing at you, man. There's still something not right with your life. There's that guilt of, man, I'm missing something. I'm self-righteous, but I'm not right with God. And there's an offering. Ordination offering. This is more like... Uh, uh, when you become, when you're going to minister into the church or when the priests were going to uh, start taking the offerings, they had to go through a cleansing process and they had to go through this different, different rituals and stuff like that to, 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 you know, cleansing and washing and robes and, 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 and had to spend seven days in the temple or something like that, right? They couldn't leave outside the, away from their families, away from this, so that they could actually start to minister or be ordained and, and go through this. And there's an offering involved in that level of degree of sacrifice and it's the ordinance offering and the fellowship offering and this one you know it's like what is the fellowship offering any ideas spending time with God very good what else worshiping him from when it's time to worship at youth you turn everything off and you go, this is God's time. I'm going to get serious. Good. Fellowship offering. How about this? You want to get around somebody who can impart into your life. And so you give up your hangout time with your buddies and you start hanging out at church. Fellowship offering. Or... Uh, or you just get bogged down in your Christian routine and you're, you want to do something like Dennis. And you go, God, I need more time. And you go for three days and you just sit and you seek God. And then do something crazy outside your comfort zone. Fellowship offering. <laughs> but in all of this, what I'm getting at is you give up something to progress, to move after God. And God repeats it again and again and again, defines different things, aspects. There's so many different things. Uh, tithing, another offering, right? The Lord commanded the Israels to bring their offerings to the Lord. He commanded. It wasn't just, it's a good idea, I like offerings, you know, if you guys want a relationship with me, bring your offerings. He's like, no, uh, to maintain this relationship, you bring me your offering. Bring me your first fruit. I don't want you touching your first fruit. When that first apple ripens on your apple tree, it comes to me. Oh, but I, I would like to try the first apple one time. I don't think so. You're in a relationship with me, and that's what it's going to cost. <laughs> okay. What has the Lord opened up to us as a youth in, in our sacrifice and offering? What, what are the things that maybe you know that makes I six eight I six eight? Our principles. What are some of those things? Asking you guys. No dating. Yeah. Ilya, I want to. Uh, amen, Ilya. <laughs> not, not, no, I, I, I'll share something. Uh, Ilya had to make a really tough choice uh, in his club uh, this week. Uh, uh, his, uh, the person who decided to build God's kingdom in his school decided he wanted to start dating. And it went really funky. The club turned very funky. It's very funky to have him and his girlfriend uh, talk about holiness and purity and then do something very foolish and, and goofy. You know, we have 
that God opened that up in our hearts, and many of you have this in your hearts. Some of you go, oh, I don't believe in that, I don't know, but that's what this youth is. That's a principle that, that we receive from God, that we talked about, and we go, man, this is what we want. This is what we want to build on. This is what we're building. So if you're here, you're building it too. Even if you don't believe it, well, you're either going to have to change or you're going to leave. Either or. No dating. And so he goes, hey, you know what? I sat down with him at Applebee's, tried to... Uh, Try to see where his head's at. Try to tell him, "Hey, uh, you need, you know, you need to, uh, you need to figure out what you want." And he wanted to, he wanted to pursue dating. And it's like, you know, you can't, you can't do what you want and do what God has required you to do at the same time. And so Ilya had to tell him, "Hey, you know, you could build your club and I'll build my club." I did my best to try to keep the relationship. You're my best friend, but we can't build together. It's a hard decision. That's a pretty big sacrifice, especially when, when you're in your school and there's not that many Christians to get around you, get excited about your faith and, and to build a club with you, and you have to make that. So uh, praise God. I wanted to uh, just praise God that God is getting glory through your life in your school and that, uh, you know, he's honored there, not just talked about. What are some of the other things that we have at youth? Read the Bible plan. <laughs> you know, that's not an option anymore. You know, if it's progressed into, if it's progressed as the whole church decided that's a great idea, including your parents and your grandmas and your grandpas, that's not optional anymore. It's, it's like, like a command from God saying, read your Bible plan. And if you don't read your Bible plan, what does that, where does that put you? Not in a good place. So when we say, read the Bible plan, who read the Bible plan? Everybody's hands should go up. If you're a part of I6A Youth, your hands should go up. If not, then you're a guest. We can see, oh, hey, you're visiting again. Cool. <laughs> Purity. That's beyond not dating. That's going, uh, we can see your actions, and uh, it's not about... You hooking up with somebody. That's not why you come in here. It's about uh, you getting right with God and letting God transform your life in this place. Honoring God here. Girls for purity. Coming to youth regularly. You know, that's a huge challenge for some of us. But uh, that's what God put on our hearts as a standard for this youth. If you want to be a part of this youth, then be a part of this youth. Come to youth regularly. Don't allow things in your life to drag you off. It's sports or God. That's a hard thing. That's a hard thing to say, but that's what it is. Sports or God. Your dreams or God's purpose for your life. Go to your group regularly. It's <laughs> another thing, man. Uh, group is life. A group is where you can go, this is how I really am. You know, when there's a lot of people, we're all trying to be good and look good. And, 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 and then when you're just around people like you, you can relax and say, hey, I'm having problems. I need help. Or I don't understand where God's leading me and what he wants in my life. Can you pray for me? And if you do that on a regular basis, you might get some traction in your life and you might start, start, start moving. So it's not... 
not about a cool hip place to hit, you know, listen to some cool music and eat some cool food. It's about getting around God's word and saying, hey, it's not in me. Or, yeah, it's in me. This is what God's doing in my life. How about the challenges that we are so rude on? Yes, more challenges. Yeah, we're crazy. We love Jesus. Challenges. And then that goes, okay, no Super Bowl. Oh, what, are you crazy? God wouldn't say something like that, man. He loves the Super Bowl. <laughs> Who is faithful enough and is brave enough to raise their hand and say, hey, I didn't watch the Super Bowl on Sunday? Good, 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 good. That's a good amount. I wanted, and look around, and, and poke the guys that watch the Super Bowl and go, what's wrong with you, man? You missed it. You missed it. God, we get to the end of this, you'll see what, what God has in store. But let's talk about what's the point of a sacrifice? What, what happens? What's the process? What goes on? You know, uh, I don't believe uh, our youth pastor, Father, he didn't, he didn't just make these out of the blue or, or he didn't just go, hmm. Uh, I think he, he goes, okay, <laughs> I know what's best for you and I'm going to challenge you so you, you would have the best. And that's why he, he, he has these challenges for us so that we'd have the best. You know, and we're all at different levels. I remember different, different things he tells me and, and to you, you know, when he talks to you, different challenges he gives you. You know, somebody says, you know, you can't, you can't hang out with those guys anymore. They're going to kill you. They're going to drag you down. Or, or uh, uh, that Facebook, what's the point of it in your life? Do you really need it? Or is it affecting your relationship with God? Okay, then get rid of it. Or uh, are you really going to give up basketball? I mean, you're going to give up God's presence for basketball. But we're so good. We're the number one champions. We can't quit now. My team depends on me. My coach praises me. I mean, okay, it's your choice. But as a father, I love you, and I'm going to tell you that you're giving up what is the most important in your life. Let me tell you this. Uh, there's a lot of churches that you could go and find and, and go Go hang out at. But you chose to be here. If you chose to be here, then you're choosing to do what God is telling this church to do. And this is where I wanted to get a, bring an example out of Jeremiah uh, uh, 35, 15 through 19. And this is the sons of uh, 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 Rahab, right? Sons of Rahab. And I'm going to read the whole text, just so you know, fill you in about what's going on over there. Again and again, I sent my servant to the prophets to you and said, Each of you must turn from your wicked ways and reform your actions. Do not follow other gods and serve them. Then you will live in the land I have given to you and your ancestors. But you have not paid attention or listened to me. The descendants of Jehonadab. Jehonadab, thank you, Roman. Sons of uh, Rahab have carried out the command their forefather gave them. But these people have not obeyed me. Therefore, this is what the Lord God Almighty, the God of Israel says. Listen, I'm going to bring on Judah and everyone living in Jerusalem every disaster I pronounced against them. I spoke to them, but they did not listen. I called to them, but they did not answer. Then Jeremiah said to the family of the Rech... Uh, Roman, please. 
Thank you. This is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel says. You have obeyed the command of my forefather, Jonadab, and have followed all his instructions and have done everything he ordered. Therefore, this is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel says. Jonadab, son of Rehoboam, will never fail to have a descendant to serve me. Their father told them, we're going to a different level with God. We're not going to drink alcohol. We have so much debate about alcohol these days. man. It's, and there's biblical things that could justify your taste for that drink. But there's also God's heart who denounces it in every which way. And you choose what you want. But this youth doesn't drink. We don't drink. We don't mess with it. We don't look at it. We don't store it in our houses. We don't drive around it with our, in our cars. We don't think about it. We don't process it. We don't do anything with alcohol. That's because we got that in our hearts from spending time with God. Not, not because uh, the, the Bible clearly defines the lines, but because God clearly defined the lines in our heart. So if you're a part of this youth, then you don't mess with that. What is the purpose of sacrifice? It's to change you. It's to mold you. That's how God works in us. See, we're fallen creatures. We, in our genes, we have sin. We know all about sin. We know how to sin. We know uh, what it is to sin. We know that in our heart it's written not to sin, but we sin. And God is holy. That's something we don't actually naturally know about unless you're born in a christian family or unless somebody uh, god opened himself up to you, you don't understand what holiness is holiness is a foreign concept it's like aliens and holiness is imparted it's by hanging out holy people and hanging out around the presence of god that it transfers into your life and you you get it you you activate you look oh man revelation holiness Holiness doesn't come when you want it. Oh, I, I think I want holiness right now. I think I want to meet an alien today and, and learn about his alien spacecraft. Well, is he going to come? No. I think aliens abduct when they want to abduct, right? Because <laughs> they're weird powers or whatever. Not that they exist. Aliens are demonic entities that playing tricks on people. But God is moved when he wants to move. He's not... He's moved when he decides to move. Not when you all of a sudden think, hmm, I think I'm done sinning and, and I want God to come into my life now. I think I had enough fun. The purpose of sacrifice. When I, when, when I was younger, I, you know, I thought, man, why do I have to be a Christian now? My whole life is ahead of me. Can't I enjoy myself a little bit? Why do I have to pull these holiness and righteousness? And Why do I have to follow the rules? Why do I have to be the, the, the one guy that's weird in my high school? Why, 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 why? Why do I have to know and have the revelation of holiness? Why? Why did God touch my life? Why? It's not fair. It's what I thought when I was a kid. Missing, <laughs> missing the big picture. There's holiness and there's evil. You're naturally born into evil. And it's a miracle that we can understand 
holiness. When you start making sacrifices and decisions in your life to pursue holiness and it starts taking over, you become clarified on what you really have. And you realize the picture and you go, whoa, I am very lucky. I can't believe this has happened to my life. When you give up more and God calls you further and God starts working in your life more, you, you go, it's just, I didn't know life could be this way in this, on this earth. I didn't know life could be so full of purpose, so full of, of fire, so full of, of life. I didn't know I could talk to somebody and something could transfer into them. Man, I, I didn't know that. I didn't know I, was, I, could, I could be capable of that. Man, I, I didn't know that in school I could stand for standards and people would be uh, uh, mad at me, but then they would come back to me when their life's falling apart. And they'd ask me, man, how, how did you find out about holiness? How did you find your God? How, how did you come to church? How, did you, how, how do you have a relationship with God? I didn't know that through sacrifice and I, that through, that, through that carrying that cross, and dying daily, my life would actually would change. And I would see the, the lusts and sins and, and the desires and the evil things that I, that I dredge having part of my life would start to fall off and start to change. Man, to see that happen to you, it's like, man, am I, it's victory. It's to change us. When we give something up, a part of us dies, usually a bad part. A new growth starts, a new life. You know, that first time you understand there's a God and that, and that he, has a, he has a call on your life and you decide to follow that and you come forward and you, and you repent and, and you break and, 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 and you actually do it for reals with your whole heart into, into it, something happens. You, you, you start anew. You walk out anew. You start with, you, you, it's like your eyes open and you start to realize reality. <clears throat> There's a twisted message going on in Christianity everywhere today. It's all about what you have. But Christianity is about how much you have surrendered to Christ. That's really what it comes down to. How much have you surrendered from your evil side and pursued holiness. How much? There's a, there's a value behind that. How much? What has your faith cost you? Maybe that's why it doesn't seem that much valuable to you anymore. You haven't paid up anything. You haven't stood for anything. You haven't given up anything. Of course it's, an, it's not that big a deal. Of course you don't want to talk about it. Of course you don't want to mention you're a Christian. There's no point in it, because you're not. All biblical heroes in the Bible have to give up everything. That's why we read it again and again and again and again and again. They have to give up everything to God. That's how they got there. That's why God writes about them. This guy, Abraham, he gave up everything. He left his home, sweet home, Sweet, sweet, uh, comfortable bed and went into the desert pursuing a glimpse of holiness. This guy Moses, uh, uh, he tried to pursue holiness and decided to kill a guy and 
and, and then they tried to kill him, and he thought it was my fault. <laughs> so he, when I told him to go, go and do my mission, he says, I don't know if I trust you anymore. I, I'm messed up. You, 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 you didn't even make my mouth right. How am I supposed to do this? And, and he had to step over his untrust to God and go, God, I, okay, fine. This is radical. This is crazy. Okay, but I'll do it for you. We got uh, uh, Gideon, <laughs> a wimp, hiding. <laughs> but God tugs on him and goes, Gideon, you're a warrior. <laughs> Get up. I'm going to use you. He goes, God, man, I don't know, man. I, <laughs> there's a lot of risk involved, man. I, man, I'm a nobody, but more people would laugh at me, man, and I don't want to get laughed at. And he goes, I'm going to throw this fleece down, and if you make this miracle happen, I'll go. And he's like, yeah, no, do it again, because <laughs> I want to make sure, man. I don't know. <laughs> and, uh, and God goes, but God gets glory for his name through all those people. He doesn't glorify them. He gives glory because of what he did through them and what they gave up so that he could do something through them. And we got the disciples who, uh, who uh, man, it, you know, not, not all the smartest guys, but they gave something up. When Christ came to them and said, hey, will you leave everything and follow me? They said, okay. <laughs> this is crazy, but there's something about you that is different, and I, I could run my business for the rest of my life and feed my family and, and, and you know, be a good fisherman or a lawyer or a tax collector. You know, I'm, I got a pretty good position here, but there's something about surrendering to the glimpse that I just received from your eyes. <laughs> there's something about surrendering and being submitted to you that, that makes my life shine, and I don't want to miss it. And so they laid down everything to do what God wanted them to do. Jesus Christ, when he was in the Garden of Gethsemane, we'll read today, 26 Matthew. Uh, he said, God, do I really have to drink the cup? And we were reading the book Radical, and in there it says, you know, the radical thing about Christ wasn't that he took just the beatings or he took the emotional, uh, you know, discern, you know, all the disciples ran off and he felt alone. Or it was, He drunk the cup of wrath. Why? Because God has been holding on this whole time. Instead of destroying evil like he's planning to do at one day, he's holding off so that we could be saved. And God proves his holiness by saying there's nobody out there that would save those people except for myself. I can only go. And so he goes. He drinks the cup of wrath. That means full separation from, 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 from God on your behalf so that you could get a glimpse and start to pursue but at one point, he goes, God, do I have to do this? Maybe it can pass. And then he goes, no, it's a sacrifice. I, I'm going to sacrifice. I'm going to choose to sacrifice because I, I love you. And that's what we have to do. We choose to sacrifice willfully, offering, and putting things down on the altar so God will move in our lives. This is the glimpse that we get. The last verse I'm going to read today is Leviticus, where... When the offering is done, when the offering is met, when the offering is laid down, it says this, And Aaron lifted his hands, Leviticus 9, 22, 24. Then Aaron lifted his hands toward the people and blessed them. And having sacrificed the sin offering and the burnt offering and the fellowship offering, he stepped down. Moses and Aaron then went into the tent of meeting, 
When they came out, they blessed the people, and the glory of the Lord appeared to all the people. I, I, don't, I think this is the first time in, in our Bible, if we're reading in sequence, that the glory of the Lord appeared to all the people, other than the, the, the mountain at, at Sinai, right? Where they saw it at a distance, and then they f- freaked out and ran away, right? Uh, this is where the glory came and dealt with them, because they, they had that atonement paid. Because they paid that price. Because they, they sold out. They trusted God. Fire came out from the presence of the Lord and consumed the burnt offering and the fat portions and the altar. And when all the people saw it, they, shuddered for jo- they shouted for joy and they fell face down. You know... Uh, so who we are. So what we're building this for. So that God's glory could come. So what we're sacrificing for. So why we're laying ourselves down. That's why we're running crazy schedules. So the glory of the Lord would come in our lives. And would come through us. And would come to this place. Every Friday, every Sunday, every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Saturday too now. I don't know. I feel like... Uh, God is speaking to us, you know. Maybe you had a thought as I was speaking. Maybe God has put something on your heart. Maybe God's challenged you in something. Pay attention to that. Pay attention to that. Maybe, maybe God is saying, hey, where's your faith? Activate it tonight. You know, grab a hold of holiness for your life. You know, uh, altar call last couple minutes, just wanted, if, if, if you could play something, that would be awesome. Uh, the altar. The altar is where you come to lay down your life. But with that, it's not just a sin. Oh, I feel guilty. I did something bad this week, and I need to come get myself fixed. It's what are you laying down to progress? Well, I don't want to give up my... Uh, my computer time, I love computer. But then I feel guilty because I played for six hours and I don't do my homework and I don't obey my parents because all I care about is computer games and, and, or Facebook. Well, that's good. We'll pray for you. We'll fight for you. But what are you willing to lay down to move yourself, to shift yourself over into this area where you're right with God? What are you willing to sacrifice? Say? What are you willing to give up? Well, I don't feel comfortable at group they don't, they don't speak uh, my language. I only speak Russian. I don't, I don't go to school clubs because uh, they only speak Russian. I, re- I really wanted to uh, address this idea. Why? Because uh, you're missing your repositioning of your life in God's kingdom. You're missing the opportunity to, to, to be involved with God in your school. And because of that, you can't grow Because of that, God can't use you in your school. Because of that, you're missing out on the beauty of being a Christian. Just because of a language barrier. So maybe you could think about sacrificing some things. You know, if Christianity was about comforts, everybody would join. But it's not. It's about discomfort. It's about about carrying a cross. 
It's about paying a price to, to stand for holiness. It's about laying down our lives to, to go after what is right and what's written on our hearts. It's about that. And if you're not doing that, then you're just, you're just in the process. You're just nowhere. And God says you're going to spit you out. God says he doesn't know you. God says that one day you're going to meet him face to face. And he's going to say, I don't know you. Where were you?